Ryan Cardock, who joined recently the men's basketball staff of Brian Gregory as its director of player development. And I can already tell you just from being around him for a little bit and seeing the work he puts in, he is going to have an impact on the program and wait until he hears some of the things that he says. Now, Ryan did play for the Bulls. He started off at Broward Community College. He was a high school basketball player at Stoneman Douglas in Parkland and frankly didn't put up huge numbers and he's not going to make any aspersions to that. But You'll hear when he speaks specifically about his time with Dominique Jones, how much of an impact Ryan Cardock had on one of the better players, better scorers in Bulls history. And you'll hear it in his answers. He hopes to have a similar impact on these Bulls. Didn't play many minutes, by the way, that 2008-09 season. But that next season was a very good one for the Bulls. They went 20-13. and 13. That was the year that Dominique Jones averaged more than 21 points a game. He averaged right around 19 points in three years for the Bulls. Ryan Cardock got into 20 games, averaged around 7.5 minutes, very productive in the foul category. Yes, he was a guy that came on and was asked to do some hacking at the end of games. Did make four threes in 11 attempts, so he almost averaged a point a game. But yes, his impact went beyond that. Although... You'll hear the reminiscing of one of the more memorable wins for the Bulls in their history at Providence. That team had, along with Jones, Gus Gilchrist, Torlin Fitzpatrick, along with Sean Noriego, who would be two years later part of the last Bulls team to make it to the NCAA tournament. Of course, guys like Anthony Collins and Victor Rudd were added to the roster of Stan Heath. He started off his coaching career as a grad assistant at Miami for Jim Laranega between 2013 and 15, where he picked up his second degree, by the way. Then he went to Bowling Green, video coordinator for the first year, director of basketball ops from 2016 through 2019. There, Lewis Rowe, who is now an assistant on Brian Gregory's staff, worked with Cardock and eventually became the head coach at James Madison where Cardock went for one year 2019-20. After that well we'll pick it up with his last stop he took Parrish Community High School which has only been around for a few years to a 20-8 and record this last season using some well more college type preparation to get there. I think you'll enjoy this chat with the new director of player development for men's basketball. Looks like you're already up and running here. Before we get to what your job entails, we'll get to the playing days. I want to go to your most recent stop, though. Uh, Not a lot of people know where Parrish High School is. I kind of had to do a little bit of digging. I had a vague idea. Did you, and how did you end up there? Because I know what you did there was great, but did you know much about the school at all? I knew it's a newer school. Um, To be honest with you, I didn't really know too much about it. Yeah, I had a couple people reach out to me, and then the AD called me a few times wanting to bring me down there Um, so essentially you know I talked with him I really liked him and the principal I ended up going down and like you said I I didn't really know much about it Um, the area obviously living in Tampa and my playing days and things like that but that area more towards Bradenton I wasn't as familiar with but um, it turned out to be a wonderful experience great people there the kids really bought into what we were trying to do and uh, we had some really good success the last couple years mostly because of them and, and their ability to buy in and listen to the coaching and put the hard work in that's needed to be successful. I'm curious about first of all your first head coaching job but taking anything from college because at the college level people that are listening probably know this but the players are fully prepared scattering reports video everything you can have you had that background from a division one how much of that did you bring to the high school level and did the kids enjoy that yeah no absolutely you know 
I've been at a lot of different places. I've been at Miami, I've been at Bowling Green, I've been at James Madison. So I kind of took all the things that I learned from those and applied it when I was a head coach. And I think at the at the high school level, you know, not everybody's doing those full scouting reports like you're saying, like they do in college. And I took it very seriously as far as let's get these guys as prepared as possible. So I would watch four or five games of the opposing teams. I would break down all the personnel clips. I would break down the game edit of the plays that they're going to run so we kind of know and practice and go through them. And then I would give them all that information. So two days before the game, we would watch it. One day before the game, we would watch it. And they were very familiar. And they told me several times, hey, like, Coach, we feel very prepared going into these games. We know the personnel. We know what they're going to run. There's nothing that they do that we hadn't seen before in the film and in practice the day before. So I think um, <laughs> the buy-in from the players was really good. They appreciated it. And then I think it, it gave us an advantage defensively because these guys knew what the other team was going to run and what the habits were for each individual guy on the other team. That's going to put a lot of pressure on your successor there at Parrish with the Bulls. Uh, but uh, well done, by the way. 20 wins for a new school. That's fantastic. Uh, you mentioned your stops, James Madison and Bowling Green. There's an obvious connection with USF. You played here. But was Coach Rowe part of the connection to get you back here uh, at all? Because, Or was that just a coincidence, the fact that he's here and he was with you at a couple of those places? Yeah, you know, it definitely was part of it as well. Um, Coach Rowe kind of reached out to me. He said, hey, did you know that there's a director of player development open? Um, and him and I talked about it for a while. Then I got in touch with Coach Gregory, and kind of the rest is history from there. Um, it was just you know, a wonderful thing for me to be able to get back to the alma mater, um, the place that I love so much. Obviously, I have such fond memories as a player, and um, you know, I'm just really happy to be here. Okay, fond memories. I know you, uh, junior college, coming out of the south part of the state, Started to get some minutes that last year. Um, when people think about some of the best wins in USF history, it automatically goes to the NCAA tournament, and that's understandable. But I remember watching this game when it happened at Providence. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the person that without which they do not win that game. Okay, Dominique Jones, 46 points, might have had a little bit something to do with it. But the Bulls were down nine on the road, 45 seconds left. Sure, Providence started clanking some free throws, but got it to within three and then a steal by you. That was one of the more memorable plays, non-NCAA tournament. What was that like? It was really awesome, right? Because, you know, as someone who didn't play a lot of minutes and who didn't get, you know, a ton of, like, publicity, per se, you know, everybody was really excited for me. Like you said, we were down nine with 45 seconds. Like, how often do you see a team come back like that and win a game? So, basically, we were pressing, and Coach Heath put me in, and uh, I dove for a ball, got a steal, and we ended up hitting a three, I believe, that possession. Two possession game, but still 15 seconds to go. Jones got it again. Clutch baskets, one after another by Jones. 37 tonight. Oh, another turnover. They get the steal. They need the three to tie. Fitzpatrick gets it up in time.
Fitzpatrick, who had made one all year. Yeah, made fewer right. than you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he, he hit a big shot. And I remember in the locker room, Coach Heath pointing me out and saying, "Hey guys, like we talk about diving on loose balls. We talk about doing those things." And and he mentioned, you know, how I maybe didn't play that much that game, but I was ready to come in. And that was always my mentality. And I try to teach that same thing to to players as well. Is you always just got to be ready when your number is called. Doesn't matter if you play five minutes. Doesn't matter if you play thirty-five minutes. That's outstanding. A lesson that you can still pass on, as I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but two things based on what you just said. First of all, um, people again think of not only big games, but also the best players in school history. Charlie Bradley, of course, pops into mind. Chucky Atkins, my personal favorite. Guys like Odenko Dobros. It goes to the NCAA tournament teams. I want you to tell people how good Dominique Jones was. He averaged 21 points a game. He didn't get to play in the dance, but he was incredible. Yeah, no, he, he was really good. And actually, he was here the other day, and him and I were talking for a while. And uh, we were talking about just creating good habits and some of the habits that he had. And I would go in the gym with him, and I would rebound for him. And he would rebound for me, too. But I would rebound a lot for him and get him extra shots and um, do those kind of things. And then in practice, you know, one thing, you know, maybe I wasn't the greatest player in the world talent-wise or athleticism. But one thing I thought I did really well was play really hard. And every day in practice, I was on the scout team, and he was matched up against me. Wow. So he, you know, I was trying to push him on a daily basis. And that's one thing he mentioned to me the other day. He said, I remember, and, and the scout team used to push me, used to try to, you know, really get under my skin and try to... You, you say know, stuff too? Yeah, yeah. We used to talk a little smack and, and all that, and it was fun. He said it. He, he said, I remember we used to have fun in practice every day. Every day we enjoyed going to it. And, and on off days, we would play open gym, and we would do other things. We just enjoyed being around each other. He was just a phenomenal player, strong, uh, killer mentality in the sense where he just had such a, a supreme sense of confidence that he believed that he was the best player no matter who was on the court. Every time he stepped on the court, he thought he was the best player and that nobody could stop him. And he tried to get everybody together to think with that mentality like nobody can stop us. Like we're the better team. It doesn't matter what across your jersey says, if it's Syracuse, if it's Louisville, if it's whatever else, Villanova. We still believe that we're the better team than you. And he brought that that great mentality to the table every day in practice and every game. And then the other thing about that team, even though he didn't get to enjoy making it to the tournament, the last team that did, a few of those guys, yeah. Fitzpatrick, Gilchrist, were guys that would go on to be a part of that NCAA tournament team. Could you see something building from your last year in 2010 towards the one that would end up making that run? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, we had, Gilchrist went out in the non-conference, if I remember correctly, and, and we lost a, a few games that maybe we shouldn't have lost. Um, and we, I think we should have been an NCAA tournament mm-hmm. team. We ended up being a top seed in the NIT. But, um, yeah, I think that some of the habits that we created as far as, like, work ethic and toughness and grit and things like that and confidence that Dominique brought – um, and some other guys, too, like Chris Howard was a good leader on that great. team. There, there was a lot of other good players on that team as well. Um, I think it kind of instilled that into the younger guys who were able to then make the NCAA tournament and bring some of those positive things from that 2010 team. And as we bring it to today and wrap it up, of course, you want to instill, reinstill, I'm sure, some of the stuff that's already here and just build upon it. What can you do as director of player development? I know you can't get out there and coach during the game, but what, what's what your role is, basically? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the biggest things I can bring is I have a lot of experience and I've played here. So I can kind of 
mentor these guys and, and help them understand what it takes to be really good. I've been around a lot of good players. I've been fortunate to work with a lot of NBA players, a lot of overseas players, a lot of Division One players, and I've seen the habits that need to be created for, for people to be really good. So my goal is to really instill that in these guys about how it's important to get extra shots, how it's important to create habits of every day getting your free throws, getting your shots, getting your, your ball handling in, right? And then bringing other guys in with you. And then also my plan is to uh, really help these guys from a leadership perspective and understand what it takes, you know, to be leaders on the floor, on and off the floor, um, and just small things. Like you think about like delaying gratification, you think about discipline, you think about all those small things that are really important um, that affect a team. That's my goal is just to patch all those small holes uh, holes to, to really fill any area that I can see that, that needs um, some assistance. So yeah, one thing I've been doing is I've been tracking all the shots. I can see. Yeah, so <laughs> essentially, you know, I'm, I'm counting every single shot that we've shot in individual workouts, tallying it up from spot twos, dribble twos, spot threes, dribble threes, and then getting those percentages together and saying, okay, like analyzing and saying, all right, these are the areas we need to get better. And then planning to go talk to those guys and, and say, hey, look, this is an area of improvement that you can keep working on on your own. I, I know we're working on it. We only have so many hours we can help you with during the week. And then on your own, you know, get, get some extra shots in this area as well. So like I said, all those small things, just trying to help any way I can to plug any holes that I see. Excellent. Well, listen, I all due respect to the Parish Bulls. I, I'm not glad they lost you for their sake, but I'm glad the Bulls of USF gained you back. Thanks, Ryan. For, I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. This is the Unlimited Unloaded page.